idea of fasting. Uh, we're going to do it a little different this morning. We're going to do an interactive thing this morning. Somebody tell me what fasting is. Anybody? Starving. <laughs> what is it we just saw in the movie? Everything you just said is completely wrong. <laughs> I think that's Star Wars, right? Uh, no, fasting is not starving. What else? What is fasting? Not giving your body a voice. What else? That's a good one. What else? What is fasting? Making room for God. I think we're kind of missing the basic, though. <laughs> not eating. There we go. Fasting has to do with food, right? Like we were talking about tithing a little bit earlier. Thank you, Aaron, for that great word and, and testimony. But tithing has to do with money. <laughs> Some people think, well, I'll tithe my time or I'll tithe my effort or I'll, like he was talking about volunteering and some of these different things. That's not tithing. Tithing has to do with money, <laughs> okay? And there's no way around that. That's actually what the Scripture says. Well, in the same way, fasting has to do with what? Food, <laughs> right? There's no getting around it. Well, you can, we, can, we can fast and, and limit ourselves from, some people will say, well, I'm fasting from television. No, you're disciplining yourself from television, right? But fasting has to do with food. Can somebody tell me why God would ever institute anything like fasting? Anybody? Because it, it almost seems mean, right? Because we, how many of you like food? <laughs> How many of you really like food? <laughs> okay, right? Food is a thing, man. It is a thing. But I think that God would rather us be free in the things he gives us than to be in bondage to those same things. Example would be, how many of you know that God loves sex? <gasps> this is on Facebook. God loves sex. He created sex. He's the one that instituted it, right? How many of you know, though, that just because God made something good doesn't mean that everybody treats it good, right? So it can be twisted. It can be distorted into something wrong. How many of you know that God loves to provide for us and give us food? But how many of you know it can also get twisted into some weird areas and, and we can oftentimes, uh, well, okay, we'll, we'll stay on these two topics. With sex, it's supposed to be this wonderful thing between a husband and a wife, Right? But other people can twist it where you run to sex in a distorted form as a replacement for running to God to fill an emptiness, right? So we see this rampant in our society, the pornography and all this kind of, you know, weird movies and all this kind of stuff, right? What is that? That's people running to another God. Well, oftentimes with food, it's the same thing. God has created this wonderful thing in our lives, but he doesn't want us to run to food. He wants us to what? Run to Him. Run to Him. And so when God instituted fasting into this whole mix, you will find, this is an interesting thing, that most Americans avoid the topic of fasting whenever they can. In fact, even this morning when I said fasting, you know, there's this little thing that comes over us. <sighs> like, oh man, I don't get to eat everything I want, you know. I will tell you this, fasting is from the beginning of the Bible all the way through it to the end. And some people can say, oh, fasting is an Old Testament or an Old Covenant thing. Yeah, it's, it's in the Old Testament, but it's in the Gospels and the letters and all the way through. Like, it is literally from cover to cover in the Bible. 
And I believe that God would have us do that because having freedom also requires discipline. Can I say that again? (laughs) Freedom requires discipline. See, I think in America and in the Western culture, we, we think freedom is I get to do anything I want. But that's not really true, is it? Because oftentimes my freedom can actually cross the line into your freedoms. In other words, when I get to be free, that doesn't mean I get to impose my stuff on you. See, freedom is, the, the, the thing with freedom is I get to discipline myself to allow God to move in my life and do amazing things, but do it the way he says it should be done. Are you tracking me? So again, well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry's in the spirit today because I was just about to go there, so it's good. The, the, the different Bible characters that are men of God, apart from the Son of God, but even men of God, Moses, Abraham, all these mighty men of God in the, in the Old Testament, right? They all fasted. You get to the New Testament, and Jesus, the very Son of God, says, hey, I'm going to start my ministry by going in and not eating for 40 days. You know, wow. In the book of Acts, what do we find? When they're about to send somebody out or when they're about to move into a new area of ministry, they fast and pray to get the mind of Christ so they know what to do. Fasting, we talk about alignment. Fasting actually aligns us with what God is doing, his plans and purposes. And I think one of the primary ways it does that is it helps us to discipline my body. Like Paul says, he says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. Come in. <laughs> All right. So the idea with fasting is that we discipline our bodies for a purpose. Okay? There's a purpose to it. Uh, at the conclusion this morning, we're going to close a little bit different. Because I know that some people have real questions about tithing. I'm sorry, fasting. Like, how does it work? Isn't that interesting? Mike was joking around, but he said, fasting is starving. <laughs> so, you know, it's not. I, I know this is going to come as a shock to some of us, but you're not going to die if you don't eat for a few days. <gasps> no way. Is that true? You can actually go 40 days without eating. Oh, yeah. It's true. Because I've done it. <laughs> so I can actually talk out of experience. 40 days. I did a 40-day fast. I've done a couple of 21-day fasts. And that's just water, no food. Okay? Now, I'm not saying that to, to, to any kind of woe-me thing. I'm telling you that because I'm just an average guy, regular guy. I've told some of you this before. You know this. My 40-day fast I actually did when I was a little bit younger. And I was, I was at seminary. And it was during the summer. And I was working at Domino's Pizza. Oh, yeah. I fasted for 40 days delivering pizzas every single one of those days, man. Now, if I could do that, anybody can fast. I'm just telling you right now. But the amazing thing about fasting is it does spiritually align us to be able to hear God's word and his voice clearer. See, I love Bill Johnson. He says that fasting doesn't earn me anything. In other words, fasting isn't this spiritual 
you know, well, God, I'm so spiritual, I'm going to not eat and show you how awesome I am and how, you know. Fasting is simply aligning ourselves and being able to more clearly hear what it is that he's saying. I was told some of you this before, but when I was coming off of that 40-day fast, I was in Springfield, Missouri, and I was coming back here. My folks, you know, live here. And, uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes you don't even realize how much you're growing until you come into a new situation or something where you've been before and now you're coming back to it. So I remember driving down the road. I was on 94 coming north here. And I literally had been, you know, 40 days, no TV, no food, all that stuff. And I, I was driving, and I was literally couldn't even stand to look at the billboards on the side of the road. I mean, some of them were, you know, suggestive and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But it was so much, <laughs> I want to say this the right way, but it was, it was my spirit had so aligned with God's voice and what he was saying that even worldly things were, like, hurting to me. It was almost painful to me to watch billboards, which seems weird, right? And this is one of the challenges and one of the great things about fasting is, if I was to ask you this question this morning, how many of you would like to hear God's voice more clearly and, and more defined and with greater clarity? How many of you would raise your hand and say, yeah, I'm in on that? Well, here we go. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> right? Because here we are. God has literally given us a superpower in our spiritual toolkit. Literally. Fasting is designed to do some things in our lives that aren't going to get accomplished other ways. Or we can shorten up the time. How many of you get spiritually impatient a little bit at times? You get that? Like, God, I know you're true, and I know this freedom thing and deliverance and all that stuff, but can we shorten this thing up a little? Can we get to it, right? Well, if you're spiritually impatient, fasting might be for you. <laughs> because fasting does things and accomplishes things that don't get accomplished any other way. I'd like to tell us chubby Americans something different, but it's <laughs> that is the truth. As much as we love food... Here's a word God gave me this week. I, I thought this was interesting. I felt like God told me this. He said, fasting is a desperate tool. It's a desperate tool for hungry people. That's kind of funny, right? Because fasting has to do with not eating, right? But it's a desperate tool for hungry people. And isn't that just like the kingdom? We talk about the kingdom upside down. If you're hungry for God, stop eating. <laughs> like hunger and food, like it, it flips the whole thing upside down. And I just want to encourage you, you're not going to earn favor with God by, by fasting. You're not going to earn favor. You're not going to be, oh, God loves me more. No, nope. he loves you exactly the same whether you pork out or whether you don't eat for 40 days. <laughs> right? He loves you exactly the same. He loves me exactly the same. But how many of you know if he's given us a tool and it's from cover to cover in the Bible, we shouldn't ignore it. We should actually embrace it. Right? And how many of you know we could probably, all of us, even in the physical, skip a couple meals and it wouldn't hurt us? Aside from Mike. He's starving. But, uh, right? And so here's some things. At the conclusion here, just in a few minutes actually, 
we're gonna, I'm going to just open it up to questions and answers. Because some people have questions about the physical aspect and how does this work and, you know, some of those different things. So I'm going to give us a few minutes as we close today to just do that. It'll be a freedom time and then you can go or stay, whatever. But I want you to turn with me to Isaiah 58. As you, it's kind of right in the middle of the Bible, almost exactly in the middle of the Bible. And uh, it's a passage of, it's a whole chapter actually dedicated to the topic of fasting. Now just to give you a little history, uh, fasting has been a part of the, of the Jewish faith uh, back in the Old Covenant, really for the whole time, for, for all of their history. Fasting was part of their deal. And it became so during this time of the prophets that fasting had become a regular thing that people did as just part of their spirituality, okay, as part of their faith. Interesting side note that when we get to the New Testament, even the New Testament church, tradition tells us that they actually fasted two days a week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wednesday and Friday was the, was the, the two days that a lot of, lot of uh, commentaries believe that they actually did. But that was just part of their regular, as the Latin would say, modus operandi, right? It's just the, it was their normal mode of operation, right? And so we find here in the Old Testament that the, the beginnings of that are actually right here. And they would fast, but the people were frustrated because they would fast, but they did it in a selfish way. In other words, they would fast, but they would still be mean to people or they would rip people off in business and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and, and so God actually, through the prophet, comes and he, he, he wants to talk to them and tell them some things. And what we're going to do this week and next is we're going to look at ten benefits Ten benefits from fasting. All right? You with me? So, Lord, I thank you today that you're going to speak to us clearly, that you have benefits and favor and blessing for your people. And, Lord, I just speak uh, discipline into our lives. And our freedom comes with discipline. And, Lord, I just ask that you would show us things that we've never seen before. And you would speak to us so we would hear things we've never heard before. And that we would through this next couple of weeks, experience you in ways like we never have before. And I just speak that over us in Jesus' name. Amen. So you can read all of the chapter if you'd like on your own, but we're going to focus in on verses 6 through 11 this morning. Uh, verse, Isaiah 58, verse 6 in the New International Version. And this is God speaking. So this is important that we catch this, right? God says this first sentence, Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen. Now, that's really a vital verse for us because it says a couple things. He says, this is the kind of fasting I have chosen. In other words, it's not a man thing. It's actually something that God has instituted to his people. And how many of you know that he really only ever gives us the things that he knows that are going to be good for us? Right? Like the Ten Commandments aren't a bunch of restrictions and regulations. They're actually the groundwork for having an amazing relationship with him that isn't, you know, <laughs> based on subjective thought or sin or all those kind of things. He actually gives us things that are even hard for us because he loves us, because he has great things in store for us. So God says, listen, this is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen. Number one, the first benefit for fasting. Number one, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Now, 
<laughs> if that doesn't sound like deliverance, I don't know what is, right? Like that sounds an awful lot like we talked about this morning, right? For those of you that were here, we talked about being set free from unforgiveness and generational curses and, and uh, soul ties, and I'm missing a couple others, but all these negative chains that keep us bound. And he says, listen, the first benefit that you get from fasting is you get to be set free. Anybody here want to be free from any chains or yokes or anything like that? Amen? Man, I'm telling you, <laughs> those of you who have been around me a while know I say this, and I, I use it in different ways, but it's the basic same form. It's this. Things happen when you fast that don't happen when you don't fast. Right? Things happen when you fast. If you have trouble with yokes or chains or if you have trouble with habits or things that you can't quite get over and you prayed about it but nothing seems to be working, I would encourage you to supercharge it and blast some things. First off, God says, this is the fast I have chose to loose the chains of injustice, untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Now, I think that's really important to understand that that is a twofold thing right there. In other words, how many of you realize God wants to, us to be free? That we can fast and pray and say, God, I want you to break some chains in my life. Amen? But it's also, I believe, to break the chains and oppression in other people, in outside situations. How many of you know there's some oppression that we can pray for, uh, really, I mean, over f- people in our families, people around us? But how many of you know there's oppression and injustice even in our world today? Amen? So we find that there's this weirdness that is all over everywhere. And God says, listen, one of my first keys to fasting is I want to set people free. I want to break some chains. I want chains of injustice, the cords of the yoke, and the oppressed to be free and broken from every yoke. Anybody say amen with me this morning? Amen. So number two, verse seven, he says, is it also not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn them away from your own flesh and blood. I believe number two, the benefit of fasting is we begin to have a change of heart. We begin to see things different. So number one is he, uh, number one benefit is to loose the chains. Number two, I believe, is a change of heart. I mean, think about this. He says if you'll fast, he says, look, all of a sudden you're going to see the hungry. You're going to see the poor. You're going to see those that are naked and need clothing. And it says, and to not turn away from your own flesh and blood. Do you realize that when it says that, it's, that also has a twofold uh, meaning there. It's, it, you know, we talk about our own flesh and blood ourselves, but it also talks about our family, those that are around us. And isn't that interesting? God says, listen, if you will fast, if you will limit food in your intake into your life, that you're actually going to start I'm going to give you eyes to see things. And you're going to see things different. You're going to begin to feel things you haven't felt. You're going to look at a situation that you used to walk by, and all of a sudden you're going to go, whoa, look at that. Almost like the billboards on this side of the road. Like all of a sudden I was noticing things that I had never noticed before. And God says, listen, I want to change how you view the world around you. I want to change how you view even your own family members. And then, and, uh, in the Amplified Version there, it says, and the needs of your own family. One of the things I pray all the time, 
and I, I really need more help, and it's one of my things I'm going to be praying with fasting, is I want to see even my own family and my children differently than I do at times. Right? I mean, you know, as parents, you don't always get it right. Anybody with me? <laughs> now, that's not an opportunity for the devil to come and smack you around a little in the next two minutes. No. I believe that that is a confession of faith. We say, God, we're flawed human beings, and we want to see our children different. And if you're a child here today with parents, which many of us are, you, you say, Lord, I want to see my parents different. Why are they acting the way they're acting? <laughs> and parents can say to their children, why are my children acting the way they're acting? What is really going on here, right? If you've got brothers and sisters that you're estranged from or children that you're estranged from, I know we have all ages here, so we can all, I believe, we can all have more insight and freedom into our loved ones and how we see them. And more importantly, I think, God, allow me to see them the way you see them. Right? How many of you would like to have God's vision of those people that are in our lives? Amen? So that's my prayer. So Lord, I say, as we fast, show us how to see the poor, how to see those around us in our families and in those in our, in our areas that, of influence. Right? So number one, loose the chains. Number two, change the heart. Number three, that it says in verse eight, then your light will break forth like the dawn. Now this is so important with the Bible. Sometimes there are scriptures, and, well, there's a lot of scriptures, actually, but there are certain scriptures that, I call them the if-then statements of the Bible. In other words, God has given us a bunch of stuff, but if I don't walk in it, it's like it's not even there. So we talked this morning about freedom and being set free and deliverance. Hey, it's for freedom. How many of you know that when he died on the cross, he forgave all our sins, past, present, and future? Anybody with me? It's grace. But how many of you know that in order to have grace, you have to walk in grace? Amen? Like when the devil comes and says, hey, you, you sinned and you did this horrible thing back then, what is our responsibility? Do I entertain that thought? Or do I say, wait a minute. Jesus forgave all my sins, and even he doesn't remember it, so why are you bringing it back to my mind? How many of you know there's a responsibility and a discipline that comes with the promises of God? We have to, this is a $10 word, we have to appropriate his truth into our lives, right? We have to say, Lord, if it's true, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes to that and no to something else. And so the Bible is filled with these, what I call, if-then statements. He'll say, an example for many of you are familiar. He says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, what? Then will I hear from heaven and heal their land, right? See, if you look at the scriptures, you will find if-then statements almost in every book of the Bible. I'm almost positive they're in every single book. Because there's a responsibility as the people of God to appropriate and live out the promises of God. So here he says in verse 8, he's saying, it, you'll see this word, then, the first word in there, in verse 8. But how many of you know the if is the fasting? If you will fast, if you will limit your food intake and focus on me, he says what? Then your light will break forth like the dawn. That just sounds like fun, doesn't it? <laughs> how many of you want to burst on some things? Anybody want to do that? When's the last, you know, 
when you go to, on vacation, sometimes people like to do this, or I don't know, it's too cold to do it now, but if you go in the morning and you go out on Lake Michigan and you look across and you wait for the sun to come up over the horizon. How many of you like doing that, by the way? Right? Isn't that, it's like one of the most cool things to have darkness and then the sun bursts on the scene, right? And that is the picture of what fasting does. He says, listen, if you'll fast and do it the way that is focused on me and not trying to earn anything but just positioning and aligning yourself with me, he says, if you will fast and do it in this way, then your light will break forth like the dawn. I believe that God is telling us it's a promise of a new dawn of spiritual illumination. I believe that that actually means that God is going to break forth some things in our life that we've never had before. Anybody up for new, new things in God? Anybody up for new revelation and illumination in, in who he is? He says, then your light will break forth like the dawn. And then he goes on. So that's the third thing. Number four, he says, and your healing will come quickly. Anybody say amen to that? How many of you think that healing shouldn't delay, it should come quickly, right? Anybody here frustrated with delayed healing? Let's be honest. Come with me now. Right? Well, here's one of the promises of fasting. He says, listen, if you'll fast and do it in this way, in other words, if then, he says, then your healing will come quick. Your light's going to burst forth. Something's going to happen inside of you. There's going to be a light that, that just exposes other people. It's going to be awesome. He says, then your healing is going to come quickly. In the Amplified Version, it says restoration and new life. And I just want to say amen to that. That I believe there are some situations, even in our midst and those around us, where God wants to begin to bring healing. Don't ask me why everything doesn't happen at the snap of a finger. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why sometimes we have to pray for a while. And then the thing happens. I don't know why sometimes we have to fast to, to have some things begin to happen. I don't know why. I just know it's in there. I just know this is what God says to do. And how many of you know there are times we just have, have to have raw obedience? Just raw obedience. And that is faith, isn't it? Because it's the evidence of things not seen. It's the things we don't understand. It's the things where we say, God... I don't know why not putting this cheeseburger in my mouth is going to accomplish something in revelation and healing and these other areas. Anybody have a, any questions in there? <laughs> I sure do. God, I don't get it. I don't understand why I can't eat all the chips and whatever I want, right? But he says, listen, if you'll do this, then healing is going to come quickly. <laughs> you get to heaven, you can ask him all these questions. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see when we get there, right? But I do know this is the word of God. And he says, listen, your healing's going to come quickly. Uh, let me just get to two other ones real quick. Number five. It says in chapter, uh, verse eight, then your righteousness will go before you. So he says, the light's going to break forth like the dawn. Your healing's going to come quickly. And then he says, then your righteousness will go before you. Can I tell you this? Righteousness is a big word that basically means our, our right standing with God. His rightness, his perfection becomes ours. 
I don't know about anybody else, but I know that I'm thankful that it's not my goodness, but his goodness that is on display in my life. And he says, your righteousness, the, thing, the rightness that I've given you, he says, is actually going to go before you. And I look at that and I think, you know what? That, that means that this, it's part of this dawn bursting forth thing, right? Like there's actually going to be some things that happen in our lives with fasting that we're going to begin to spiritually glow, right? That people are going to look at you and say, hey, what, what's that? You're like, hey, that's my righteousness going before me, just so you know. <laughs> Want some? <laughs> right? He says, man, it's amazing. He says, you're going to burst forth on the horizon. You're going to have healing come quickly. Your righteousness is going to go before you. This, this, this joy and peace and hope is going to get out in front of you, and people are going to notice. Again, in the Amplified, it says, leading you to peace and prosperity. That just sounds like fun, man. That sounds like a place I want to be. And then lastly, in verse 8, we'll close with this today, that his righteousness is going to go before me. And then it says at the end of verse 8, it says, and the glory of God will be your rear guard. (laughs) You start fasting, not only in this season, but just in general. God says, listen, I'm going to go before you in your righteousness, and I'm going to hem you in from behind. (laughs) I don't know about you, but that feels safe to me, doesn't it? Right? It almost feels like a big God hug <laughs> that we get. Like he says, listen, I'm going to go before you. There's going to be healing all around you, and I'm going to hem you in from behind. My glory is actually going to be your rear guard. <laughs> I've heard someone refer to it as God is our backer-upper. Right? That God is literally backing us up. What a confident, powerful place that is. I would say yes to these things. And so let me just, uh, I'm going to close in prayer this morning. And uh, then I'm going to just open it up for uh, any questions and answers that we have. If you need to go, feel free to be dismissed. But if you want to just ask a few questions, uh, we'll, we'll walk through some of the practical things of fasting and some questions you might have, and we'll just let God do his thing. Amen? So, Lord, I bless your people today. And I thank you, God, that, that you don't just give us spiritual exercises. They actually have purpose. And you ask us to pray.